Welcome to Lead Sex at Nova School of Business and Economics, the podcast where every week we go over the major trends that are impacting change and transformation in our world. Hi, welcome to another episode of Lead Sex. Today, about um, an amazing topic that I'm really interested about, which is uh, cybersecurity. A lot of people are talking about the pandemic and the next virus and what happens next after COVID-19 and so on. But I actually think that one of the biggest threats we have in terms of virus are um, digital virus, the ones that go into, into our computers, into our systems, and basically are able to ruin our lives and a lot of companies. Cyber attacks are on the rise. Companies have been warned, people have been warned, but in true honesty, once I go with a lot of uh, companies I work with and people I know, it's not actually a major worry and there are not a lot of policies in place to deal with it. So to understand a little bit more about what's going on and get some anecdotes about what's happening uh, currently in the world in terms of cybersecurity, we have Nuno Dias. Nuno is an expert in cybersecurity. Actually, not the term he prefers. He prefers digital security and he's going to tell us why. And he's also the managing partner at Timestamp and has an amazing career in tech in HP, IBM, and EDS. So we have the perfect person to speak with. And to help me uh, on the interview, we have from Brazil, our student interviewer, Marcio Nunes. Nuno and Marcio, thank you so much. And uh, let's start, Nuno, you were explaining us before the podcast starting um, about that you don't really like cybersecurity, you prefer digital security. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, sure, for sure. It's it's pretty much related to the world we are living in. So we are living in a digital world. We are increasingly um, uh, rising the, the digital stake on every company, on every business, on every activity. And that's needed because we want to increase our productivity, we want to increase our profits, we want to increase our speed to markets. But with that, we also have the, the, the other part, the other side of the coin, which is the digital risk. So pretty much, I think nowadays, I prefer to use the term digital security and not just cybersecurity for a very simple reason. Usually cybersecurity is pretty much seen on, on a technical part of the firewalls, the perimeter, and uh, even the protection of the endpoints. And to protect the digital world, we need much more than that. So that's why I like to, I prefer to call it digital security. And uh, do you agree once we are saying that there's a massive risk for society now? Uh, I think we should go both on, um, on for the, the, the companies, for the infrastructure, and for the private citizens. What do you think it's the current situation right now? So we have a very different world than the one we had 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, m the main attacks that we have, the hackers, let's call it the, 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 the actors that were, were playing the, um, the cyber attacks uh, were mainly, most of them were students. They were mainly trying to prove they could force entry to any company, to any government, whatever. But what has changed in the last years is that due to the full digitalization we are living, 
on governments, on companies, on our personal lives. So the actors now are not just the ones that we had 20 years ago. So we have now um, actors that are government faith uh, actors. We have religion uh, attacks, oriented attacks. We have uh, uh, economic attacks. So we are living in a world where the, 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 the attacks can come from a multiple uh, multitudes of uh, origins and they are different. And, the, and the, the, the things that drive those attacks are also different uh, motivations. So uh, in what we are living today is a, a different world. So when I attack a company, I may have an economic interest where I want to steal their secrets, where I want to damage their reputation, or uh, where I only simply want to uh, steal money. When I, when I attack a government, usually there's a much more to it. It's because, for example, if somebody decides to attack Portugal, it's probably because Portugal has some kind of relationship with, uh, with the Chinese or with the US or with the UE. And there's, there's a player which is interested in damage that, um, that particular relation. And um, for the single people and the, 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 the citizens, the danger is that our lives are completely exposed. So um, all the big companies um, are managing they have, have huge algorithms where they can know our habits, where we are go every morning, where where we like to eat, what we like to 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 buy, and they use those algorithms to invade our privacy, and that's also a matter of digital security. And so, and Nun, just one one because you you mentioned something about countries there, and one thing I'm very curious about is. What's the law that applies? Because I remember a few years ago, we had this like very famous case of uh, South Korea, uh, sorry, North Korea in theory. Korea. They attacked Sony with whom I actually worked for a while in Miami. And uh, they basically went to Sony Pictures, got everything out because uh, apparently the dictator from North Korea didn't like the movie that was coming out about him. So. Yeah. What can, what can Sony do? Can they sue them somewhere? Can they actually start a war? The US should start a war. Um, who's responsible for this? Is there a law or is it just a crime that is like, hey, bad luck, that happened to you? Yeah, you of course, we still have international laws and they are, they, they are applicable to, to in, a, in a much uh, broader sense. But... You have exclusions, you know, for example, the U.S. exclude them themselves, for example, for being part of the International uh, Human Rights Court, for example. So uh, that's why we have heard a couple of months ago that even though we want to charge um, American citizen of being part of uh, mass murders, they, they are out, they are excluded. So. This is not a simple answer to your question, but it's true that it's, it's proved that most of, um, of North, North Korea has a huge machine in terms of cyber attacks and, adv and advanced threats. It's seen as one of the biggest players on that. And they don't only attack 
by by a question of politics. They also attack because it's one of their. It's it's this is not proved, but a lot of um, analysts say so. That is one of the biggest income that the the North Korea regime has. It's attacking companies, demanding ransoms, getting the money, and that money goes directly to their um, their strong economy. Let's, let's okay. So and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. When answering to you to your question is that what happened a couple of years ago between that movie from Sony, which was pretending to do. Um, um, it's a, a kind of a, uh, they were playing with the role of the maximum leader of the North Korea. They were attacked because of that. But um, Sony is one of the most attacked organizations in the last 10 years. Um, and not just by the North Koreans. They have been attacked by the Chinese. They have been attacked by um, private uh, um, um, uh, bad actors. So, um when that happens, we need to collect a lot of uh, of la a lot of um, evidences. The, the 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 one of the difficult things to do is to, for example, you have a recent case in Portugal with Rui Pinto, and um, it was the, he was caught because he wanted to be caught, in my opinion, and he was working in a country with extradition. Um, but if if he was doing that from uh, with a non extradition agreement, uh, no, no, our audience, sorry, our audience is yeah. uh, is very international. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about the whole like it was football leaks and Luanda leaks yeah. and all these things, right? Can you just give us like a brief intro? Yeah, it's, it's I know what is in the news, but uh, pretty much he was. Uh, he, uh, we are talking about an hacker. Um, which were um, mainly uh, um, achieving uh, acquiring information in a not not in a legal way, but doing hacking to the systems of uh, lawyers and other um, and other uh, entities. And they he with that he built two big cases, most known cases, which are the football leaks, where he tried to expose the all the, the strange relationships that are with football and money and governments and power. And the other one was with Angola uh, leaks, which is uh, about, um, um, about the, the, the connections that, uh, that are between uh, some uh, parts of the government and some economy and uh, uh, mainly uh, one of uh, one person. But nevertheless, this has to be told that all the, the things were achieved in an illegal way. So it's still illegal to enter to some systems and stole information. That's, so even that's if it was some type of Robin Hood and was trying to do like showing like illegal situations, he did in an illegal way. It's actually a really interesting uh, case in the Portuguese legal system. No, it's. I think it's one thing. It's for him to be playing with a, a judicial inst institution, which is uh, mandated by law that being able to do that. That's one thing. Another thing is for a hacker to do that by himself, um, because the um, Robin Robin Hood, like you're saying, was still a thief. Yeah, so he was exactly. Still stealing, uh, so it didn't 
it's it's one of those things is that uh, for example if I um, if I go with driving my car and I access and I'm I'm going speeding, I cannot complain because I take I, the police make me to pass me a ticket where I was 120 kilometers an hour and I know for fact that another one was 180 because the limit was um, surpassed with 120 or 180 is the same. So it's uh, laws are laws. So we could be discussing that we should have uh, a stronger, um, we have to do, should have a stronger uh, law and a stronger ability to do digital security and digital surveillance. That I can discuss and I agree. But the way that sometimes things are achieved is not the best way. Okay, and Marcin? Yeah, Nuno, could you comment a little bit about what are the current status of digital security? How bad it is or how good it is? What's the situation right now? I think it, we, we for, for the last years, um, we have been doing a, the, the company, especially companies, uh, I think, and governments by, 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 uh, by a little less, but the part of what I, what I call the, the perimeter defense is being quite well developed. So I think it's the major companies in Portugal and in the world have uh, uh, huge uh, capabilities on defending themselves in terms of perimeter attack. And if you analyze the biggest attacks that you have lately to hospitals and to, to big companies, to to hospitality and so forth. What you see is that they usually, the, the bad actors take advantage of the worst, uh, where is the weakest link and the weakest link are the people. So usually we take those, those funny things saying that the weakest link is the interface between the chair and the keyboard. And it's pretty much that. So um, I think that one of the things that we need to struggle and I struggle with that a lot with that convincing the clients that we have to work in a way that we transform every employee, every collaborator, every supplier in mini firewalls, because you could detect- And how do you do that? Through education? Through education, through, um, through doing ethical hacking. So what I call ethical hacking is, for example, uh, with a, a company having hackers working for them and doing attacks for their own people. And then telling the people that if this was an outside attack, you would submit, you would jeopardize your, your career, your company and this and that and that. So please do these courses and do this learning path so you can be more prepared for the future. Um, because I think that, um, there's, that there's a view, for example, that I give you an example. Most of Portuguese organizations, the the called the CISO, the Chief Information Security Officer, is still inside the IT or still on the system, information system uh, uh, organization, and that shouldn't be that way. The CISO should be outside of the information system group and should be reporting to the highest level of the organization. And, because and how young. hard is it? For like when, when you see the, so you, I, I agree with you, it's a priority to go on, on, on the top 
on the top level because it's so critical and especially he's playing with the lives of the clients as well which is like the the blood of the of the companies but how how easy is it like you see i've seen i remember being like with um, with ethical ha um, hacking teams and i've seen them entering like famous banks uh, international banks and going into bank accounts within like i don't know two three minutes um, how, how sophisticated do companies and, and hackers have to be right now where you actually have a lot of like tools that are available that make it kind of like easy? Well, uh, let me tell you this way. So there's a, there are two perspectives, okay? So all the things that you have digitally uh, helping the companies are also helping the, the hackers or the, the, the bad actors. And why? Because with the artificial intelligence, the automation, you are you don't have to be an experienced actor, hacker if you want to do an attack. You buy you can buy programs that by themselves build phishing uh, mails and they send by themselves those phishing emails. You can go to the dark web and with uh, five euros you can buy a list of. 1,000 emails, so you can send those phishing emails from a, um, a domain. So that is very easy to do now. So you can go to uh, certain parts of the globe and you can buy by 100 euros an attack. So that's the, the, the bad part of the digital world. And uh, as, as fast as you do and as much tools that you have to protect and to do the digital transformation, those tools also work for, for the bad actors. But what also is interesting is that the awareness is increasing. So um, the, the, what I was telling you is that if I am, a, if I am a, a, a bad actor and I want to attack, for example, a huge bank, um, I have to take in account it's, it's an investment. So how many uh, programmers will I need? what how much money will i spend to attack that bank because that bank has a huge defense system and what is the the the, the gain for me and what is my risk to getting arrested or to getting killed because you are starting to see for example some governments and um, and have and strong strong democracies they have sometimes special forces working with that so if somebody attacks a strategic uh, resource for those, that country, they, they don't have a problem to put a bomb or to send uh, an elite um, killing squad or whatever. So when you do an attack, you have to take account all the vectors. So how, how much will I spend to do a, a, a successful attack? How much will I gain with it? And what are the risks of getting killed or getting caught or whatever? So it's pretty much a, a, an exercise of uh, risk analysis. So if I want to attack that organization, what would be the risks that I will be incurring? And that would be changing depending on the motivation of the attack, depending on the resources I might have. Uh, if it is a state-owned uh, attack, probably the resources will not be a problem. But if I am a, a, a bad actor, that I'm only only the, my only intention is to steal money from an organization, I have to take in account all all the the the, the, 
what all the needs that I had. So that's the parts where our security, our uh, awareness, and also it's very important for the companies nowadays. I also struggle a lot, a lot with that. Is that you you have more and more Portuguese companies, for example, and all over the world companies doing what we call um, the SOC, the security operation centers, the monitoring of um, um, security. But it's not just monitoring the inside of the company. We need also to monitor what is happening outside, what is happening in the in the the deep dark web, what is happening in the the dark uh, hacker forums, what is happening uh, if is there any information from my company being sold on 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 the dark web or being um, being uh, distributed on shared uh, sites? For example, if you go to GitHub or to go to SlideShare, I'm pretty sure you will, you will find a lot of information from big companies because once again, some worker had a presentation of a PowerPoint and he thought that it was being, being very good if he shared that in, the, in, the, in, the, in a paste bin or something like that. And that becomes available to all the compet competitors to see it. And so... so um... Uh, sorry, Marcio, just a, a follow-up here. Uh, because um, during the pandemic, one of the big issues has been like remote work, right? And yeah. people working. Do you have any, any data or any numbers or any like anecdotes that you can share of the situations that are actually happening? Because uh, a lot of companies, they, of course, they don't advertise that they've been attacked, although they should. Um, but uh, what do you know that is actually happening? Well. For what what we are seeing, we are seeing we have during during the the the, the, the quarantine, there was a, some kind of agreement be, be, from the major players, and somehow in some arenas, some areas, the cyber crime um, didn't increase, but it but in others you've seen a dramatic increase. The ransomware attacks. Um, are increasing dramatically, and especially after the quarantine, after May, uh, the, the, the cybersecurity attacks are increasing a lot. So the problem with uh, people working from home is that you uh, increase the exposure of the organization. If they are not working inside my office with all the protections I have, they are working outside. So I don't see if they share their, if my people are sharing their computer with their sons, for example, I don't see what kind of software is being installed on those computers. I don't, I don't have control to, for those computers to force them to have the latest updates. I don't know how safe is the Wi-Fi at my employees' homes because you know there is a statistic where 80% of the people install um, when they install the, the the broadband in their homes they keep always 80% keep the the the, um, the default passwords from the from the, the operator this is a danger because if i know which is the standard passwords for example the uh, the the number of the router or whatever i cannot do an attack if i know because i know for example that that guy that works that lives in the house in front of mine uh, always get home in a very nice car 
Then I go to the LinkedIn, I discover he's a managing partner of a big company. Then I go to his Facebook and I discover where he kids goes to the school and all of that. And I can start building a case against that, that guy. Then I realize that he's working from home. So let me see if he's one of those that has no protection on his LinkedIn page, for example, or his Wi-Fi from home. And then I use those vectors to attack him. So when I work from home, we are increasingly making the, the lives of the cybersecurity experts in the company harder. You have more software, you have more danger. For example, the VPN, um, a lot of the attacks that occurred during working from home were um, uh, actors, hackers using um, the, the, the flawless that was detected on the VPN software. So as you increasingly add uh, software, you are, you are increasing the digital risk. So what, what has needs to be done is one of those digital transformation that has been done. You have to dematerialize, dematerialize everything, the, um, the, 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 the endpoints, the, the way we connect to the applications. If we do that all in the same way, even though we are at the office or at home or at the airport, whatever, you will be increasing the security because you will be lowering the, the, the complexity. So complexity is pretty much uh, related to the, uh, to, the, um, to the risk of having suffering a, a cyber attack. And Thank another you. thing, for example, I've been helping, I've helped in the late, late last few months, a lot of clients that had their, for example, LinkedIn pages, um, um, uh, um, Hacked. Yeah. Hacked. No, not hijacked. Not hijacked. Hijacked. Yeah. Because not they were not the hacked in truth. So I, I will I will do a very quick scenario on that. So um, imagine a very important guy from a very important company with his LinkedIn. And this guy, which has more than two thousand connections in LinkedIn, starts sending uh, in inbound emails from LinkedIn to high profile people saying, for example, check my latest uh, connection and click the link. And that's a false email. How did that happen? Very easily. I, somebody discovered that this high profile is, has a Gmail account. Mm -hmm. And then this email account was due, was suffered a breach, for example, related to uh, Adobe, for example, a couple of years ago. That's another danger because another 75% of people never change the password of Gmail, keeps the same password for 10, 20 years. And by so, the way, like they use the same password, right? And it's usually like password or one, two, three, four, five, six, or it's actually no, it's very, worse. very common. You, you, it's, I, I don't, that's not, that's a bad thing, but Sometimes worse than that, they use the password they use on their enterprise systems. So okay. they use oh, the good. passwords on LinkedIn that they use for the login to their company. And so people haven't that, don't realize, sorry, uh, yeah. but people actually don't realize that actually we've had like most like large companies being having like large data breaches. 
Like I remember yeah. LinkedIn had one, Yahoo had one, I think LinkedIn, LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn, LinkedIn has more than one already. <laughs> yeah, more than one, but like, so most likely, uh, and there are services for that, that you can see if your passwords have been compromised or not, but people don't realize that actually their passwords have most likely been compromised in the past. Yeah, that's 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 one. That's why I was telling you that it's important to monitor what is happening outside my organization. So I have to know what what breaches, what credentials are outside for sale or uh, already exposed in a, in a, in a, in the dark web or uh, on um, um, sharing sites. Because that's one of the things that I can go to my um, employees, to my colleagues and saying that I know that you have been exposed, not by your fault, because you were a client of, um, well, for example, one of the biggest breaches you have was with a, with a, with a Marriott hotels, right? So you could, you could go to a Marriott hotel or a brand which is connected to them and you have, you have no you don't have your, a guilt to being exposed, but you need to be, um, I, I give you a, a, a short example. During this pandemic of COVID-19, a, a lot of things, one of the things that we talk a lot is about sanitization, the rules of sanitization, yeah. wash your hands, disinfect your hands, use the mask and so forth. I need it's important to everybody also know that should, they should follow the digital sanitization rules. The way they expose themselves in the digital world impact their lives, impact their companies, impact their business. So what's the hand washing? Like how do you hand wash and use masks and everything? So what, way you, what you recommend like on your, uh, for yourself, for instance, um, how do you make sure that, uh, or you try to make sure that you don't get hacked, uh, spoofed, fished, so on? That one one thing I can assure you, nobody is uh, free of being attacked. Yeah, not, not even Jeff Bezos. That got like his private parts all over the internet. Nobody, and nobody. He owns Amazon. It, the only way for you not to be hacked is if you are a, a completely excluded uh, IT person, and that is impossible nowadays because yeah. you have to have some data digitalized. Uh, because that's the first point. Everybody. Uh, is uh, it's um, it's um, um, under could be under attack. Myself, which are very, which I think I'm careful, but I could be under attack. What, so, what's the how, how careful are you? Like, what what do you recommend? Well, for example, I give you examples. Every time, uh, every application that allows me to have double multi authentication factors, I use it. LinkedIn allows to have for you to have multi authentication factor. Most of the, the, um, the modern sites or the modern services allow you to have multi-authentication factor. And that's one of those things that everybody should have. It's like washing the hands, like you were saying. Okay. It's, it's doing two authentications. And if you imagine, is that not that hard? Because, for example, the, 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 the phone we have, the mobile phone, use double authentication. You have the SIM card, which has an, uh, um, which has the first layer of security, and then you have to put the code. And in some of the smartphones, you also have the fingerprints. So 
that's adding layers of security and that puts more difficulty to, for that information to be stolen. Other things are, for example, in digital sanitization is that when you receive an email with a link, don't click the link directly. See what is the link. Write the link on the, on, on the, on the, on the browser by yourself and see if that is a danger or not a danger. Most of the people receive links. They mostly from very untrustworthy um, origins and they click it. So what will happen from there? It's, so there's a lot of things that you we can do in our day-to-day -day basis, not impacting our, our productivity that help us uh, getting the world more secure. And then you have softwares. For example, now I'm testing a new software to protect my smartphone. And, but there's, but that, that's a, a Which layer. software is it, for instance? And what in does it do? In this case, we are, we are testing the Sandblast from Checkpoint. Okay, and what does it do? Well, it's, it's, it works pretty much, it's a kind of a, the, the, like the endpoint protection. So it's, okay. uh, keep, it keeps seeing the, the, the Wi-Fi networks I connect to the phone, if they are safe if they are dangerous, keeps analyzing the applications. If an, any of the applications that I have installed might be identified in the, in the later database as a, um, uh, with a containing malware, they analyze the, 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 the way uh, the risks I incur in the using on the smartphone, for example, and they give me warnings for that. No, no. Okay. Do you think that uh, AI is an important threat to digital security, or is this kind of a Hollywood theme yet? It's it's the two ways. <laughs> it's so, uh, AI. It's probably giving. I'm giving this example. I was talking with. I was invited to uh, to do um, um, to 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 talk with students from uh, from cybersecurity class, and one of the things I told those guys was that. That the, the, the future, the next future hero of cybersecurity will be a data scientist. Because no. the amount of data that you have to analyze and correlate and orchestrate and automate in terms of cybersecurity is so huge that you need artificial intelligence to do such big analytics. So, answering your question, so uh, AI is very important for the protection of the systems. Also, is being used by the bad actors because it works the same way in the other and the others in the other side. Because if I have powerful AI engines, I can use them to massify, uh, um, um, for example, a phishing attack to an organization. And um, so it's 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 like everything. So. For example, you if you you if you are um, a, a drug dealer and you have to do it with those fast boats, you have the fastest boat. So you, the police will have the fastest boat to chase them and so forth. It's pretty much the same. As technology advances, it's being used to protection and also being used for for the attacks. That's so would why... you say that? Yep. Sorry, sorry, go on. No, that's why I was telling you that um, it's so important to have, a, when you look to digital security, you have to think about organization. 
it's an organization. For example, we are talking about earlier that it should report to the highest level of the organization. And that's very simple because the, the responsible for a breach, the responsible for uh, whatever happens, it's the board. It's the managing board. It's not the, 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 information, uh, the information system director. He could be fired. A lot of them are fired, but he's not the responsible uh, um, in the, for the regulator, for the government, for the stakeholders. The responsibility lays on the managing uh, board. So that's why he has to report that level. And when you, when you talk about the strategy for digital security, you have to talk about the organizational part. You have to talk about the procedural part, the, pro the process. How, how will I act? Uh, when, for example, most of the Portuguese companies have very, very good process in terms of business continuity. So if a major event, a disruption happens, what should I do? How would I do it? How will I inform? But none of those companies have the same plan for a big cyber attack. So usually the companies, when they have suffered a big cyber attack, they, it's pretty much like, you know, when you step on a, on a hand, on a hand uh, nest, and they start going all around before they start doing the attack to the boots that step on the, on the nest. So most of the companies in nowadays do that when they, they suffer a cyber attack, but they need, to, they, they need to be organized. It's not, you know that um, a couple of years ago, I think it was Mueller, which was the, the, the responsible, the, the, the director of FBI. And he was, yeah. he was doing an interview and somebody asked him what the status of the cybersecurity. And he said, there are two, two types of companies and he said it was not his words from somebody else. There are two types of companies, the ones that have been attacked and the ones that are going to be attacked. Three months later, the same guy told there are two types of companies, the ones that have been attacked and the ones that, haven't, that don't even know they have been attacked. And again, three months later, in the same year, the same guy said that there are two types of company, the ones that have been attacked, and the ones that are going to be attacked again. So this is the universe we are living and the companies have to be prepared for this risk. And the way for them to be prepared is not a way of saying that I will, I will put zero risk because that is not possible. I have to be, the, the, what I have to do is I have to be prepared for what happened when it happened. We have a world, we are living in a world that is really connected nowadays. We have everything connected from our phones to our refrigerators, for our, to our air conditioning system. Everything's really connected nowadays using Internet of Things, right? Yeah. Do you think it poses uh, an extra level of uh, threat to, to the digital security? Yes, for sure. The, it's worse than that because you have to imagine, for example, in the industry, in the manufacturing, you have the SCADA systems, for example, and the connectivity and the needs for information systems reaching to, uh, for example, all, all the energy grids, all the water grids have smart meterings and devices on the middle, and those devices are connected. So uh, 
this uh, this is a major threat for all of us as citizens and for governments um and we need to realize that um that's 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 an, an additional reason the reason why the the the, the, the cybersecurity responsible should not be in, on the information system area because most of the, the, the information system groups are focused on inside applications. They are not focused on business applications sometimes. sometimes. Um, and that poses a threat, a big threat, because you don't know, for example, let explain when, when there was a big attack two, one month and a half ago to a big hotel chain in Asia. And do you know how they do the attack? They they discovered a flaw on the 3D um, the software of the of the the digital um, uh, keys for the rooms. And mm -hmm. through that, they were able to invade the system. And through that, they were able to lock all the all the the the, the rooms of the hotel. And they managed to say, either you pay me money or your clients will be locked in their rooms for two days or three days because they locked the rooms. So it, they, how did they do this? They attack a, a, part, a particular part of software that rules the, the digital keys of the rooms. So this is the kind of danger we are living in today. So that's more, even more important to be um, imposing rules, for example, when you develop new software, when you develop uh, new uh, APIs, when you develop everything that is being done, you don't just, for example, there's a big buzzword, which is DevOps, right? Everybody have to think DevOps. No, everybody have to think SecDevOps. What's DevOps and what's SecOps for our, our audience? Sorry? What's DevOps and SecDevOps for our audience? Yeah, because the, 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 the buzzword is DevOps is that you have to develop thinking about operations. So um, you have to develop thinking about usability, thinking about the, the way that people, the productivity and so forth. So DevOps is development and operations. So you have to include security in this. That's why I'm saying SecDevOps. When you are developing, you have to think not only about the usability and the, the user-friendly and so forth, but you have to about thinking about the security. When you create an API to connect two different parts of software or hardware, you have to realize that this API is an additional part of complexity you are adding, and as much complexity you add, more risk you add. So when you develop those simple APIs, you have to think about security also, for example. Yeah, Nun, um, we want to be respectful of your time, just like a couple of final questions. So let's think about, and let's remember September 11, and that was done with terrorists on airplanes. We're talking about now about quantum computers. Some people say that quantum computers will be available within the next few years. Apparently Google has one, we don't know who else has them. And from what we've heard is that a lot of the current uh, security systems will be completely obsolete with it. Can we have, for instance, imagine just like a kind of September 11th attack uh, with um, 
uh, attack just by attacking like uh, security uh, or um, the computer networks or the airplanes or something just like with um, a, a cybersecurity attack? For sure. You can, if you have, um, if you, it's it, uh, the, the only thing, like I told you, I think it's in terms of resources, it's in, by, by that time was easier and cheaper to do that, that kind of attack, that, that of 9-11. But what you tell in, in terms of cybersecurity that could happen, if you, you attack a strategic, for example, water supply, you can kill much more people than the planes on the, the Twin Towers. Yeah. You attack, for example, imagine how we live today. Um, imagine, can you imagine if it would be feasible for us to live without energy for two weeks, for example? Yeah, we had so, the cases, right? We had stuck. Net, I think it was yeah. in Iran, and yeah. we had the uh, Ukrainian case as yeah. well, no, with the exactly. electrical grid. So you, 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 we have practical examples. So we have uh, in Iran, the Americans attacked the, um, a nuclear plant, and they messed with the centrifugators. They that it could be severe. So you have the attack on Ukraine for the power grids. You have a you can have attacks for the gas uh, grids and so forth. So the danger is real. The danger exists, and we have to be. How we can help is to be as much uh, sanit digital sanitized sanitization as we can do as possible, and that is achieved through uh, awareness, through. Um, um, Warning people, if you see, we have a lot of things going on informing people about COVID-19, how should they act? But we, I, I've never seen anything like should people should behave online, how should people should behave? And, and the, it, it makes me, it's very scared the way that kids are using the, the digital resources today because they, they are growing in the digital world, right? Uh, so it's, uh, for, for example, um, I, I have an example. I have two kids, a daughter and a son, and um, they are in different stages. So my daughter is almost 18 years old and my son is 11. What is interesting is that for my son, which is younger, all the, um, the, the, the touch parts and so forth, the movements of the IT is absolutely natural for him. And he is he is not able to work with a with a mouse, for example. My daughter yes. is pro is is the it's that that generation which is ambiguous. She can work with a mouse and she can work with a touch. Uh, my generation, I can work with everything, but I I, I think it's I'm a different guy. But <laughs> I, I like a lot working with the mouse, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't. For example, my computer, I make. I don't have, a, I don't want a touch screen on my computer because I hate it. I like to point things on my computer saying, look here on the Excel or the PowerPoint, whatever. I like to show it to the people. And, the, and if I have a touch screen, I touch the screen and I will mess everything yeah. up. So, but do you think, but, but this new generation, like the way they are using uh, the kids um, and just to finish, the kids are actually something like a, a massive worry because they have like all these usage of technology, 
often they are not educated for it. There has been like several cases, uh, recent cases of suicides of like uh, that were driven by it and so on. So what what you suggest? Not leaving the kids using mm. the close no, to no, the no, electronics, no. which is no, impossible. I, I think it's um, it's you, in Portugal in the last in the last. Um, a uh, few months you have a big discussion about citizenship uh, learning on schools. I think it's important in public schools because most of the private schools, I think most of them already have uh, um, awareness on the cybersecurity part or the digital risk. But on the public schools, I don't see that happening. So it's once again, you have to tell the, the kids what are the risks how should they behave? Because they are people like everybody else. And if they realize they have to use mask, they will put the mask. If they realize they have to have double authentication factor, they will have it. But they have to, somebody have to tell them that. They, on, on, on most of the courses, I don't see it for my, my, my daughter is in the public school. There's no discipline about um, digital risk or awareness. Yeah. And I think it's it's I think it's a start part because you you go to other countries and they have that on schools. No, it's it's definitely like uh, critical that education of kids. I, I would actually start with education of parents and teachers, and then go to the education of of the kids. Now, Nun, we are about we are uh, getting to our time. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, do you have like? Uh, any final comments, recommendations for our audience where people can follow you on social media and so on? Yeah, um, well, my, a couple of advices is that cybersecurity or digital, re, digital security has to be seen as a full scope, um, uh, let's call framework. You know that you probably, I don't know if you have about, heard about NIST. NIST is the North American... Uh, Cybersecurity institutes, and they are the most advanced institute in the world. They have framework for everything. They have framework for SCADA systems. They have framework for learning, and they and um, if we use that knowledge that is already available to introduce additional layers of security in our companies, in our lives, um, that's my advice. We we need to see that we need to realize that. Um, uh, let me tell you a small story that happened when I was a little boy with my father. And what is happening now is that I was eight years old. I was with my father uh, walking in the, one of the major streets in Lisbon, Avenida de Liberdad. And some guy starts screaming to my dad saying, oh, José, José. My father's name was José, like 80% of the Portuguese guys, right, by that time. Yep. So my father would get him, hi, guy, hi. How are you? I haven't seen you since uh, Africa war. Once again, my father's generation, 80% of them went to the war in Africa. So everything was um, according to, to what happened. And at the end of the day, he, he only wanted to tell a story to have some money. So he told that he didn't, he stole, somebody stole his wallet and he need money to go to the, to the bus and so forth. So we asked money from my dad. But imagine at that scale, this was almost 40 years ago, 40 years ago. At that scale, that guy could cheat, what? 10 to 15 people in one day. Yeah. So the objective on the real world 
for a guy like that was to um, to do uh, to 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 engage with ten or fifteen people and achieve what uh, twenty or thirty euros. So the digital risk, what leverage is that? I will not attack fifteen people a day. I will attack fifteen thousand people a day. Yeah. And the objective of 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 um, of uh, is to to achieve not thirty euros, but three. 300,000 or something like that. So that's the digital uh, stake. When we, that's what we need to tell the people. So when we move from a physical world to a digital world, everything is uh, um, exponential in terms of risk, in terms of probability of happening, and in terms of, uh, of, um, of, uh, of attacks. So if we explain this kind of examples, I, I try to explain this to my kids and they realize and they think, whoa, but I, and they show me, they received emails, phishing emails every day and they are just kids and they received connect, connections and friends, friend, um, friend um, uh, asking, Request, somebody yeah. asking for and they'd never seen that person in their lives. So, and, and, and the difference is, the difference is this, is that I make, friendships, digital friends that I don't have even seen them, see them. And in the real world, at least we see people like we are seeing each other now. And we see, we are able to, to, to read the people, to, 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 to see their body language, their yeah. face language and so forth. In the digital world, that's not possible. And yeah, people you can have to be aware recreate everything. You can recreate everything. No, no, thank you so much. Um, it's a Thank very, you. very interesting topic. We have a long, long way to go and we'd love to have you again to go over. I'm sure there will be like plenty of things to comment on, um, sure. on all these, on all these subjects. Nun, thank you so much. Marcio, thank, thank you. you so much as well. Great. Thank you guys. And see you, see everyone on our next podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This was the LeadSax Podcast, and it is produced by Marika Agelberg, Marius Busen, Philippe Santiago Lopes, and David Bernardo Santo. We'll see you next week.